Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Three Amigos FPL show. I'm your host, FPL Marple, and alongside me as always are my amigos, Mars and Dale. Joining us tonight, fresh from his own getting to know you grilling, is Danny Jameson. Welcome to the Three Amigos show, Danny. Thank you very much, gents. It's good to be here. How is uh, this season going for you in FPL? What's your rank like and uh, what's, what's it like feeling the pressure of Mark Sutherland's trying to live up to that every week? <laughs> I mean, I've, I think I've given up trying to live up to Mark Sutherland. He's an absolute machine. Uh, this season has been incredibly frustrating uh, from beginning to end because I've made pretty much every single decision in my mind has been perfectly correct. And yet I've made them at the complete wrong time. So I gave up on Kevin De Bruyne just as he went on a mad tear. Gave up on Riyad Mahrez just before he went on a mad tear. Like the, the theory was sound, but the timing was absolutely appalling. <laughs> uh, tell me, is it is it one of them things actually with, with you when you're on TV? We know from being on the podcast, you do feel a certain amount of pressure to um to 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 do well, like and keep your rank up there. Now this season has been an, an absolute disaster for me. But when you're on TV and stuff, and you know that you're going to be interacting with FBO fans, is there a lot of pressure to kind of to to keep to to be successful at it um, more than there would be normally? Uh, yeah, there probably is, but uh, the, the way I look at it is, is, is my performance. I I think is is almost irrelevant, really, because I, what I'm doing is is trying to do all of the research that a lot of people don't have time to do for them. So I'm spending all week look, pouring through opta data and and looking at trends and things like that, and looking at the underlying numbers and whether I capitalise on that or not. I, I don't think it's particularly um, important. Hopefully, just some of it. So what we try and do is to give people information that they might not necessarily uh, know themselves, might not necessarily have been able to come across themselves. And hopefully they can use that then to to become better at the game and, and to, to, to do better than they would otherwise have done. So as long as someone finds what we're finding out quite useful, that's that seems to my mind that that is my job done, whether my team is doing particularly well or in this case not. That's the way I've tried to look at this season too. Is definitely I, I'm I'm trying to I do the research, talk on the podcast, um, and I love when I hear people are doing well, and I'm kind of hoping they do well. But um, yeah, this season has definitely not been one where I'm particularly hopeful for my own team. Um, so uh, but uh, no, it's great. It's great to hear that you you enjoy when you give benefit to to your listeners and your viewers. Um, lads, D- Mars, Dale, how was game week 32 for you? Um, how how many points did we rack up? Uh, I got 67 in the end, which I was really happy with considering I was on 27 come uh, Sunday morning. So I was an Arsenal fan for a day. I was actually boarding a plane, as I put on Twitter, and then when I landed, I saw nil nil. I was like, oh, no. And then as uh, <laughs> as I was going through the passport control, I was celebrating uh, Boomerang scoring his, his second and didn't actually know about the penalty or anything like that that he, he'd given to, to Lacazette. Uh, but yeah, you know, overall I was happy. I obviously I was active on wildcard. I, I made that quite obvious. Um, happy with my choices, and yeah, wildcard is for all the game weeks, not just for game week 32. That's what I'm telling myself anyway. Uh, 
I um when funny enough when you were in the air because you said you were in the air you were WhatsApping us saying you were in the air and I was thinking it'd be good April Fools if I direct messaged around a load of people in the community and said um at half three or whatever time I thought you might be landing just everyone tweet up over Miang Hattrick can't believe it <laughs> and have, uh, <laughs> but, it, but as it happened he scored two so it wouldn't have been as effective um a, a joke but uh tell us Dale how was 32 for you you did better than yeah. Marzi didn't you yeah 32 was good for me I wasn't on a wild card but I still managed 73 points Aubameyang captain paid off uh my little differential in Chris Wood also did some business. So, yeah, I was really happy. Uh, can't complain at all. Good stuff. Didn't even um, take any Danny, hits. No, I, t- I took hits and I, t- I ended on 73 as well. But um, I'm nicely set up now for the for the remaining game weeks. So I'm fairly happy. Um, Danny, how many points are you looking at in game week 32? Uh, I managed 61 uh, on, on the old wild card, which I was relatively happy about. Saturday... I was on for, bar that late sickener from West Brom, I was on for every single player that I had playing to give me some sort of return, which was a first. But then, of course, that late um, late consolation kind of set me up for a relatively disappointing Sunday. Yeah, that one would have been lovely. Um, that was a disappointing one, all right. But um, the uh, how are you actually doing for chips? This um, How many have you got left? Have you got your, your free hit and your... Uh, You've made, you're on the wild card, but you're free hitting your triple captain. You still got them? Oh, yes. They're still firmly in my back pocket. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Yes, Danny. Join the so club. <laughs> yeah, these yeah. boys don't even know what chips are anymore. They ate them all. Oh, have, you, have, you all, have you all used them all? I've got bench boost. No. I have my triple captain and my bench boost left, but um, the, the wild card was gone from New Year's Eve. I think I, I hit the... Uh, I hit my wildcard button, my second one, because I was sick of looking at my team. But, uh, yeah, myself and Dale don't have the, um, this season. We haven't shown a whole lot of patience, shall we say. And, um, every week, every week, Mars has been enjoying him, his, uh, his plate full of chips. It'd be great, right? It'd be great to have the chips available, but they're not. And to be honest, I'm still confident in navigating 35 and 37 and 34 pretty handily. So, yeah, I'm not so worried. You're going to use your superior intellect. <laughs> Chef, what takeaways have you got from um, Game Week 32? Any lessons you learnt? Uh, always Captain Abamier when he's playing someone rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Southampton still look gone. Mark Hughes is another fraud of a manager getting a job. Um, yeah, yeah not, it went pretty much as expected, I think. Manchester City still look amazing. Uh, they absolutely battered Everton. I saw a crazy stat that uh, Everton had 19% possession and Fernandinho saw 14.5% of possession in the whole game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, um, what was your thinking actually on? Um, one thing I thought was interesting was Arsenal. There was like a lot in the first half, people going, same old Arsenal, they're a bunch of frauds. Wenger, he's not really getting them playing and stuff. And then obviously the second half was um, was considerably different. But um, what's your thoughts on the way Arsenal are looking? And like, do you think that we can kind of rely on them for the close of the season? Well, the pressure is often, you know, when there's no pressure on them, they're brilliant. Um, you know, they've got a great run of games, and it's 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 Arsenal territory when it comes to the back end of the season, putting it together when it doesn't matter. So, yeah, I think we can. 
Um, I really do. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Marzi, what's your talking point of the week? Um, have you any Have you any rant that you want to go on? We normally, Danny, <laughs> we let we let Mars off with about a two or three minute rant, so he gets it out of the system. <laughs> yeah, that's probably wise. <laughs> not not ranting, but actually, it was uh, something that uh, was triggered by a question from from Aaron at Aaron FPL or FPL Aaron. Um, and it was basically he was asking us which one of us is the best manager. Now thinking around, we just talked about a fraud, Mark Hughes, another fraud gone today uh, from West Brom, uh, Padru. And then you, I mean, you look around. There's so many managers that you think how. And I've always fancied my, that. That's probably the, the job that I'd want if people ask you. So, boys, between us and Danny, you're welcome to chip in. Who who do you think is the best manager? Because as much as I think I'll make a good manager, I think based on the tactics that I hear. Every week, Dale would be my chap. Dale would be good um, tactically, but um, I don't think I'd be good because I've coached underage for my kids' um, team, and my problem is that I'm too friendly. I, yeah, I start having nice. a bit of a laugh. I start having a bit of a laugh. After a while, chaos breaks out. and Don, um, we, no, we get away with murder with you on WhatsApp. We get away with more than with murder. We can do anything and- we just say sorry and you're like okay don't worry boys no seriously I'm not upset I'm not mad (laughs) especially me I don't get mad I just get even lads nice one come here um, here. we'll move on will we move on to the topics of the week of course there's um, there's only one man that everyone's kind of talking about and I'm sure Danny will be hearing you and your friends at the official FBL talking about it this week but that is of course Harry Kane um, he was a second half substitute for Spurs against Chelsea and for manage, for many managers, Game Week 32 effectively became an audition for the other premium forward positions or options to see who should hold their place and who should be sacrificed um, to make room for him ahead of double Game Week 34. Um, Spurs play Stoke in Game Week 33 before Man City at home and then Brighton away in double Game Week 34. Danny, looking at those fixtures, how high of a priority is it to get Kane in ahead of his Game Week 35 blank Game Week? And what do you see as a knock-on effect for Son owners? Um, our listener, FPL Jamal, was wondering if Son will retain his place. Oh, it's a, a giant spanner in, in my plans. I was hoping that he'd be out for another week so I could do a nice seamless transition between him and, and Romelu Lukaku, who's currently... Yeah, it's a real headache, it's isn't cool. it? It's a, yeah, it's, it's really quite annoying. I think it, it just probably doesn't bode that well for Son. Um, I, I know uh, there's a, a guy who's put Spurs at work who's, con- who's convinced that, that Kane comes straight back in. Um, so I'm not really sure how Mauricio Pochettino is going to work that. But I think he's, he's got to be an absolute priority, hasn't he? There's, there's a great interview, I think it might be in The Independent today, where he's talking about the, this little break has, has kept him fresh and he wants to come back and win the golden boot, which, of course, I think he's four goals behind no Salah at the minute. And if he ends the season like he did last year, then that's a lot of points that you don't want to be missing out on. So he is right at the top of my list now. Have a little look out on Thursday because I've got a video planned on exactly this topic. Lovely. Inside information coming to you from the three amigos. There you go. (laughs) We're breaking news all over the place, lads. 
Um, the uh, Marsley high on the hit list, of course, is Bobby Firmino and Jamie Vardy, who have 24 and 20 points respectively in the last five game weeks. And um, both have, of course, different circumstances with Vardy having a double game week 34 to look forward to and Firmino's Liverpool not blanking in game week 35. But um, how do you look at these two players and are they worthy of selling for Kane? Um, with those for those managers with the funds to make that move. Um, our, our listeners, FBL Connect and FBL Fox, were specifically wondering about which of Bobby Firmino or Kane will score more in the next three game weeks. I mean, it's hard to, to predict who's going to score more, but if, if let's look at the, you know, some of the facts that we know. Uh, Liverpool have got a couple of tough games coming up. So you've got uh, the Derby and then you've got... Um, the two, two two games against City. Will Klopp rotate? He's rotated in the derby before, so why not? Right? Um if if you look at if you look at Kane, um right, so he's he's going to play Stoke away and then he's got uh, again a double game week. So you've got uh, Man City uh and Brighton and also there's the cup to consider. Now, this is just my opinion personally, and maybe just maybe more my wish rather than my opinion. I can see them playing Stoke. They don't need Kane to beat Stoke. So potentially he could rest him for the Stoke game or use him if he, if, if needed and play him against City and then potentially rest again for the cup. Now, this is just me guessing. He, he could go and play. If the question is, I've got Firmino and I can, and I've got the money in the bank to bring Kane in. Then I would say if you don't, if you have a free hit, why not? Because yes, it's judge. It's we've done it before where you jump off, jump on uh, a striker. But I would, I would do it if I had that. Now I can't because I need, I need two transfers to get Kane in without decimating my team, and I don't plan on doing it. And I'm just hoping that he stays quiet against Stoke, and then I'll make a decision for double game week 34. Either bring him in or Lukaku and seeing what happens. That that would be my plan. Yeah, I think I'm planning on I have Firmino, um, and I think I'm going to try to hold on till after the blank game week, um, and then get him in for the last three game weeks. Um, I'm just hoping that he won't punish me too badly. But um, Dale, the other two players managers are weighing up for Kane. Um, of course, is Arsenal's um, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang or Boomerang as we call him on the show. And of, uh, perhaps Alvaro Morata, who people might have gotten in with an eye on Chelsea's two big upcoming double game weeks. Um, let's focus mainly on Boomerang. Uh, do you recommend selling or keeping the man who could have had a hat-trick, of course, against Stoke City? No, definitely not. Um, Arsenal's fixtures are pretty good. Um, and he's proven himself to be pretty clinical. You know, he did the business at Dortmund. Uh, and you know the Arsenal paid what they paid for him, and yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be selling him at all, not not at all. He's he's got 12.6 percent ownership, so he's a differential in himself. You don't even have to captain him to be for him to be, and he's you know he's still gonna gain rank with him. Um, Arsenal got Southampton, Newcastle, West Ham in the next three, so they're three very winnable games. I think. In 33 against Southampton. Southampton looked gone. He was he was going to do nothing. That guy's a fraud. Um, and I think Arsenal will probably it'll be a comfortable two or three nil win uh, against them. Newcastle are safe, so just about aren't they? So I think you know Newcastle will probably just go on to uh, autopilot mode now. Um, 
And West Ham, West Ham are a funny team. They could turn up, they might not. But I'd definitely be keeping them for the next three. And then, of course, there's, he's, he's got the double in 37 with Burnley and probably Leicester. So, you know, the fixtures are amazing. I won't be going nowhere near Alvaro Morata at all. Not in, I won't be going, I'd be selling Chelsea assets. I've said it, I've, you guys will know this, I've been saying this for weeks, that Chelsea look done. Um, that I think Conte is going. I think the players know it. I think some of the players are probably on the plane for the World Cup. Um, and they just don't look like they're going to do anything, Chelsea, at all. Um, we might even see Conte go before the end of the season because, you know, we, we all know what Bramovic's patience is like. So I wouldn't be going nowhere near any Chelsea players. Yeah, I, my just, main just, kind of lip, litmus test was kind of their Spurs game there. I was thinking if they were going to make a late season push, that that would be the one that they'd do they it in. They had to win that game. Spurs decimated them. Um, I compl- by the way, I completely agree with, with Dale. Just to touch on Vardy, because that was another one that uh, people mentioned. Again, if you have the funds to move Vardy to Kane, I would say Kane has a higher ceiling than Vardy. Vardy seems to get consistent, uh, but Kane could easily go mad in one game. The, the thing is, it, it really is going to depend on whether you have a free hit or wild carding or not. Because if you bring Kane in for one game, or, or a couple of games, and then and he, he's blanking again. You just have to be careful about the movement that you make in between the players. You, you're chasing or you're hoping somebody does something. If they are rested, then you've wasted the transfer. Um, so, Vardy, maybe Firmino, yes, if you don't have to do a minus four. I agree with Dale on, on Boomerang. I wouldn't, I wouldn't move him because there's nothing saying that Kane would outscore Boomerang uh, next game week. I think as well, just to touch on Kane, uh, there's what, about three million difference between Firmino and Kane. Now that, that three million can set, set you up well for 34. You know, you've got, let's say you've got a keeper who's what, about five million and you could upgrade him to De Gea. You know, you want your United goalie for that, that for that double. And then you, you, you know, you've got your pick of the United defence as well. So, you know, that, that three million could upgrade. To, to your back line. Yeah. And, uh, no, I, I see what you're saying, Bill, but I think three million from Kane is, is well spent if he was guaranteed to play and firing like at, at the end of last season. But I genuinely believe there is a, like, like a grey cloud at the moment. Is he going to play against Stoke? We're not sure. Then I think he will. I think he will play. I think he might just get 60. But to be fair, maybe, he could do the damage maybe, in that 60. Exactly. But, but it's, then, it's an atom. But then Firmino could match him easily. So it's, you know. He could do, but you've got City as well. City's not an easy game for Spurs. They, they could blank. They, depends what it does, doesn't it? Depends exactly. what Pep does. Then, depends if he rotates. <clears throat> the, the one thing that worries me about Harry Kane, if you don't have him in, the last four games that Spurs have played against Stoke, he has eight goals and Spurs have won them by, I think it's 14 to nil. That's that's the other side of the one. Absolutely. Yeah. That's you know, the other side of the coin. Yeah. Stoke are fighting for their lives, aren't they? And usually Stoke have done at this point of the season. Yeah, so, yeah. But they used to be the team that you would dread to play. Um I, I honestly don't believe they are what they used to be. Even uh, they're probably a bit stronger at home. I'll give I'll give them that. Um, yeah, one, t- one thing not- though, as, as Danny said there with the, um, with, with Kane and with Spurs against them, you know, I, I do actually sometimes believe them things. 
in terms of a, a team having a bit of a bogey team that literally always smashes them. Um, but uh, but also the thing with Kane's ownership is still high, despite the fact that he's been out. His ownership mm. is very high and it could actually be a really costly thing for people. Now, I don't think it'll be as costly for people who are really high up in the ranks because they, the people who they're competing against, they're, they're going to have gotten rid of Kane. But um, I think lower down, there is a lot of people carrying Harry Kane um, that haven't actually shipped him out. And if he does bang in these last in these last games and we don't have him in, then um, people's rank could really drop. I think at the end of the day, it's a balance of, do you think the players that you have today will outscore Kane? Or uh, is it worth to take a minus four or minus eight? I've seen some people looking at minus eight to bring in Kane for one game, hoping he gets a haul. And only you can make that decision. You as in the player, not you, Don. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah, I have you. Um, fellas, I think I think we've uh, covered covered Kane off, up enough. Um, so we'll move on to, of course, this game week coming up is two massive big derbies in Manchester and Merseyside. Um, Dale, come to you first on this one. How do you typically view derbies from an FPL point of view? Um, the obvious bonus, as much as Mars mentioned earlier on, the clock doesn't always do it in terms of picking his strongest lineup. Managers generally do pick their strongest available lineup, um, but they're typically tight affairs. Um, are both of those no- notions overstated, or is there truth to that? So yeah, the Manchester Derby is typically a tight affair. Uh, the, out of the last six, it's been either nil nil or it's been decided by one goal. Um, the way the you typically look at this one is it's it'll be uh, on Twitter and in the media is it's Pep v Jose, and I was looking at the stats and in out of twenty games Pep has nine wins and there's been seven draws and Jose has four wins, so the odds favour Man City I would say, um, it just but Mars has already mentioned they might rotate, I mean I I've got the hair I'm hoping for a superhuman performance from him. Uh, where he breaks his records for saves in a game. Um, what What do you think of the article about Pep saying that he's going to rotate players in public well, and also telling them privately? Do you think it's mind games or do you think it's, it's for real? I don't know. It's I, I, it, I'd hate to say it. I mean, you've mentioned it, I think it was last week, Mars, that once the league's won, uh, or more or less won, Guardiola typically rotates his full 11. Yeah, so, yeah, he did it at Barcelona and he did it at Munich. Yeah. So, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it's a big game. I think, I think Jose is going to definitely be coming to get a result and spoil the day. And, um, you know, he's had a lot of critics this season. And if he goes to, uh, the Etihad and gets a result, then, you know, that it quietens them critics. You know just what? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he does the complete opposite and go, you know what? People are saying this is going to be a big game. I'm going to put my second team out. I don't care. I've got a cup, a cup game. That's more important. It really would not surprise me if Jose does that. Just it because it's me. about him. But um, just to move <laughs> on to the Merseyside derby a minute. Um, see, this one, I've been looking at the results for this one. And before, when you sent me the question earlier, I can't, in my head I thought, you know what? I don't really remember very many tight games or low scoring games. And, you know, there's, in this fixture, there's typically goals. In the last 10 years, there's only been two nil-nils. And, but the odds favour Liverpool again. I mean, the last time Everton won a Merseyside derby was uh, 17th of October 2010. You know, so 
and the way Everton played against Man City was abject and I fancy I fancy Liverpool just to blow them away. Absolutely. Especially if Court plays a strong side. I've got triple Liverpool cover and I'm not moving any of them on. Um, you you know they've been waiting for this game, right? You know this is their yeah. cup final. Oh, yeah, but, you know, again, Klopp knows what it means to the fans. Yeah, you might see some rotation, you know, Mane, Salah, whatever, they might see 60 minutes or whatever. But the damage can be done, especially by Liverpool. You know, I, I have my jabs on about them on Twitter, but I'm, I'm only fishing. Um, you know, that as a football team, I, re- I really admire them. And yeah, I think Liverpool, even in 60 minutes, this game could be 3-4-0 because Everton are, are done <laughs> for me. Um, Danny, you're, we're going to talk to you in a second, actually, about one thing we want uh, a lot of people are talking about is David De Gea. And the Manchester United defense in general for um for this coming game against City. But um, what's your thoughts on the Pep rotation like towards the end of the season? The lads were talking about there that it is typically something that he has done, um, rotated a lot when the season is pretty much wrapped up. But um, what's your what's your feeling on it? I don't expect you to have any inside info on what Man City are going to do, but um, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any inside information at City. I I. I know this game comes right in the middle of the Champions League against Liverpool. Um, I, I'm, I just can't see him rotating against Manchester United. This is the, the biggest game of the season. I mean, I don't, I don't want to show off or anything, but I'll be there on, on Saturday and with work um, all day talking to some fans before the game and after the game. I just cannot see any situation where he puts anything less than his A-team out because what better way is there for him and for that team to win the league than to beat Manchester United at home and to beat Jose Mourinho. And look, having said that, he plays his B team. That B team probably finished top four anyway. So it's not too too, uh, much weaker. But I I can't see the ones that will be relevant for us. I don't think any of that. I can't see any of those being being dropped. I I don't disagree with you. Just uh, last thing for me on this one. I just think that Pep might want to show people sometimes that, you know, you should go with your head over your heart. And he's already kind of hinting at that. Yes, he would love to beat United, but he wants to win the Champions League. So he will do whatever it means. And I think it's all going to depend on the result from the first leg. We should know a lot more after uh, Wednesday. What teams we get. If it's tight, I expect rotation. If it's not, then I expect a stronger team. That's a great point. That's a really, really good point. Yeah, and um, Danny, as I mentioned there, David De Gea, um, a lot of people, he's been obviously superhuman this season and probably the best goalkeeper in the world at the moment. But um, a lot of people are actually talking about possibly benching him against City. Um, for managers who've planned it correctly, they'll have a playing game week 35 keeper on the bench behind Big Dave. But um, firstly, would you agree with the idea of benching him? And if so, what bench level keepers would you play ahead of him in game week 33? One of our listeners, Mig Tavius, actually, I wanted to give him a bit of a shout. One of our listeners was, um, he was talking about uh, looking at Lozel over um, over Dave. Personally, I, I wouldn't be benching him. I don't think you spend that much money on a goalkeeper to leave him on your bench, no matter who they're playing. Also, I was looking at Man United's results away against the other top teams, looking at his performance in particular. Game week eight at Liverpool, they drew nil-nil. Nine points, five saves and a couple of bonus. Uh, at Chelsea, game week 11, find a lose 1-0, but seven saves for four points. 
Game week 15 at Arsenal. That game, eight points from 14 saves and two bonus points. So you look at these these results at Spurs as well. Finally conceded twice, lose 2-0, five saves a game. I don't think you can you can really drop him because even when they're losing and even when they're conceding, he's putting up ludicrous save numbers. So I think it's worth gambling on then maybe keeping um, City at bay and maybe hoping for a little bit of rotation. And may, You never know. They could very easily end up keeping a clean sheet. Not many teams have done it, I should probably point out. My beloved Wigan Athletic are one of them and the only teams to both keep a clean sheet <laughs> and beat them in the same game this season. But I think it's I think it's worth chasing that. No matter who you have on your bench, really, unless you're feeling really, really good about a clean sheet and a few saves, I think I'd stick with De Gea. Yeah, that's great, great uh, plug for your wig in there. <laughs> I had to. Yeah, uh, Marzi, there appears to be no reason to, to fear starting any of your Liverpool assets against Everton, who looked abject against Man City. But what is your recommended strategy for Man United and Man City players this weekend? Are you in fear of any of them? Uh, I touched on it earlier, saying wait and see what happens in the in the game between Liverpool and City because we, we should have a clear picture with regards to the City players. I don't have any City players uh, in my team, mainly because they don't have a double and also because I want to see what happens after the double, so for the for the 37. Uh, it's interesting really uh, listening to Danny and his absolute spot on the bat. Today. You don't spend that much money to bench a keeper. Saying, I'm saying it's interesting because I've got De Gea and I've got Ryan and at the moment Ryan <clears throat> is in my team but it's kind of playing on my mind and I think I don't know I, I need to think about it I think I'll, I'll probably be scared and end up switching back because I, I don't want to rely on Brighton keeping a, a clean sheet even if it's against Huddersfield um, so I would say play your best team and have good bench players that, that might, might come in we can't guess the rotation um, but we can just be you know we can use the information that we have the best that we can be yeah one thing that's actually i i kind of like to go by for fantasy football is one thing i actually learned from um as we were talking earlier on about nfl fantasy football um is to make the decision that you'll be most able to live with afterwards and i think that's one of those things if you bench De Gea and you put in someone like ryan um for him i mean he's not going to come up with that many save points first of all um, he's not going to a late a late goal conceded, and all of a sudden you're looking at nothing. And you and De Gea then, of course, does as as Danny was saying, and comes up with a load of save points, possibly a clean sheet. And you're going, what on earth was I thinking of benching True. De Gea? And, you know, it's one of the things you make the decision that you're able to live with best afterwards. Huddersfield haven't scored the goal in March. I know we're in April now, but they didn't score a single goal in March. Uh, but it could be the game for Quena or. Munia or Dupotwa to come up and just to win that clean sheet for anybody who plays Ryan, potentially. Like you said, anything can happen and I completely agree with you. Uh, go with your gut and yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, one thing actually, a staff for Man City, they've scored an average of 3.4 goals per home game this season. So um, Manny, uh, De Gea definitely will have his work cut out to um, to keep that clean sheet. Um, lads, we'll move on to the, some additional li- listener questions. Um, we, we covered a few of them there during our big topics breakdown. But um, first one coming to you, Danny, on this one. This is from uh, Joseph Allegretti. He was asking, if you have Aubameyang, Barnes and Lukaku up front, would you hold the transfer or would you bring in 
would you bring Kane in for Lukaku this week and then bring Lukaku back for Aubameyang um, on your bench boost in, in game week 34? Personally speaking, I don't like sketching out fixed transfers that far in advance because you've no idea what might happen this weekend. Like we've none of us saw Harry Kane getting back um, for Spurs yesterday. Uh, yesterday uh, on, on the weekend, did we? So I, I never like rigidly planning it like that because you could have, you know, Mo Salah could could break down over the weekend. He could tear his hamstring. We've we've no idea what could happen. So I'm never too keen on on making moves as intricately as that. I don't think you can really, I don't really think you, you can lose with any of Kane, Lukaku or Aubameyang. I think, as we were saying, as you were saying earlier, make the decision that you can most live with after the fact. No matter which one you go for, I think you can legitimately justify that to yourself as the correct decision to make at the time. So, personally speaking, I would probably not jump the gun on Harry Kane because we don't know what the state of that ankle is. Fine, he played against Chelsea, but this is the same ankle he's injured three times in 18 months. So I would maybe hold fire on that, because the, the last thing you want to do is to to bring that bring Kane in for, for Lukaku. Lukaku was mental um, against, uh, uh, who they got this weekend, against, um, against City or against West Brom and Bournemouth. And then you're left with an injured Harry Kane in your squad. So... I would probably leave it as, as it is for the moment and hold on. And if Harry Kane gets through this weekend, fine, maybe bring him in um, for, for, for the, for the double. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be planning a big player being transferred in and out like that in the next three weeks because you just no idea what might happen injury-wise, as we've seen already several times this this um, this season. Yeah, it often doesn't work out all right, even though... Um... Um, I can't believe you actually said that Salah might pick up an injury. Yeah, if if it ha- if it happens, I will eternally blame you, Danny. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Everyone. I didn't mean it. I'll take it back. <laughs> uh, tell us, Mars. Move, move on to the next question, which is single game week players for the double game week. Um, outside of Mo Salah, are there any other single game week players who played too well to be overlooked due to not having a double game week 34? John Smith Spurs um, was asking specifically Re Arnie, who of course did well at the at the weekend. Yeah, I mean you need to look at who they're playing. So for example, Arnie's playing uh, Chelsea, so Derby and West Ham have already beaten Chelsea, and we're we're saying that Chelsea, rightly so, uh, are not really at, at the races, and they've got a big cup game coming up, and then they play Stoke at home. That's his old team. You could only see his. Uh, frustration or anger when he scored uh, looking at Dugout, probably looking at Mark Hughes so he'll probably want to I know Mark Hughes not at Stoke but he'll probably want to score against his old club so if you have Arnie who would you bring in for him at that at, the, at that price at about 6.9 or 7 I think he is who would you bring in William I wouldn't be bringing in William so you keep him uh, other players for example you look at Arsenal they've got Southampton and Newcastle why would you sell their players? Again, it's unless you're selling uh, Boomerang after the Southampton game for somebody like Lukaku or Kane, who have a double, you, you keep him because Arsenal could easily put... OK, they play Newcastle away from home. It's not, it's not a tough game. They, they, they could win. Um, other players... that Then I was looking at, at the other uh, single teams. So you've got Crystal Palace are playing uh, Brighton at home. If you have Zaha, 
yeah, potentially, but nothing else excites me there. You keep away from Huddersfield. Watford are playing Huddersfield. I've seen a lot of teams with Watford defenders. Just said, Huddersfield are not big scorers. If if you don't if you if you've got uh, if you don't have a free hit and you've got players that are playing a single game week, but I've got a game in 35, don't ship them out because you're just going to lose points anyway. So there's not you, when you lose a minus four or a minus eight, you need a player to score once, twice, three times to just make up that that uh, the points that you've just lost. So it's re- it, you know it, it depends on who they're playing and who you're bringing and bringing them in for and what chips you have. Yeah, great answer, Mersey. Um, Dale, um, this is one's coming from John G. Grifters United. Um, he was asking, he's going to be hit, playing his free hit chip soon. Um, he did okay, actually. One thing he's talking about is his budget team. Um, so he did okay in his main team with a balanced squad rather than forward loading. What's your take on best options for a lineup for a budget team where squad value is fixed by having 25 million in the bank? So um, it's a bit of a different format, but um, what's your what's your thinking on that? Um, yeah, it's a new one on me. I don't I'm really seen this before, but um, yeah, I'd be if you've got a 75. Well, it'll be around 75 million budget. You want to be looking at for the short term at least. I think, like we said before, Huddersfield and Brighton need to get a move on, and if they want to stay up, so Maz just said that Huddersfield haven't scored in match, so the dual goal. So I'd maybe have a little. Uh, go on a Huddersfield striker because they had you a goal. Um, I think defence-wise, you need to look at the Burnley budget options as well, like uh, Lawton um, and Tarkowski, um, if to build from the back because their fixtures are pretty good. They've only got one hard one. Uh, I'd be looking at Swansea because I fancy them to do all right and stay up. Uh, Alfie Mawson at 5.1. He could be like, yeah, I'm guessing like that's about your premium signing in defence if you've only got a 75 million budget. Midfield, um, you've got Millie, I, can't, I can never get his name right, so forgive me before everyone starts sending us dogs abuse on Twitter. <laughs> Millie Vojevic, I think I said that right. Um, just because Crystal Palace have had about 97 penalties this year and he never misses. Um <sighs> Will Hughes is the one actually is uh, one I like. Um, Watford. I was speaking with um, with Tom Campbell on Twitter earlier on today, but um, he was one that he's bigged up in the past. Yeah, he's Will Hughes, football, football manager legend. Will Hughes. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's he, he might do some. I'm not keen on Watford, but yeah, maybe. Uh, Four point six. It's good. It's um, it's a decent. Decent differential on um, on even some of the other Watford players, so he's a uh, he's someone I can yeah, deny sure. myself. For sure, for sure, and I think if you premium premium striker for that range, it'd be probably be someone who I gave a shout out to last week, who I said would do well, and he tipped up with nine points. Is Chris Wood, six point two million, so he's probably a premium striker in the budget league. Good stuff. Thanks, me and Dale. Um, I think John can be happy enough with the with his answers there tonight. Um, this is one for all of us. So Danny, I'll come to you first on it. Um, FBL Stag was asking, if you had scored twice already and your team had a penalty, would you give it to a teammate? Probably not, but I, I did quite like what Aubameyang did because it's been a it's been a long time since Lacazette has scored. I think that's the sign of a good teammate, frankly. Um, I was I was a defender of my entire career, so I very rarely got on the score sheet. So if I had the chance of a hat trick, I would be giving it to up to nobody. 
Yeah, it's kind of like um, a fella in a nightclub giving, um, trying to help his ugly mate of picking up a bird. Like it's um, that that was what it reminded me of when I saw it. But uh, Dale, give you the uh, give you the next answer on this. I I'm, I know I know what you're going to say. If you yeah. scored twice already, what'd you do? No. <laughs> Simple no. as not a chance. <laughs> Never ever. Not going to happen. Not a chance. It was my cat saying I was raging. No, no way. <laughs> Yeah, we heard your um, Danny, your accent impression on um, on the Getting to Know You podcast, but that's my best Yorkshire in his new. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, Marzi, tell us your tell us your answer to this one too. Are you mad? <laughs> you mad, bro? Are you mad? Um, dizzy blood. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Mainly just like Danny, I was also a defender, and me scoring a hat trick never happens. Uh, but just have that. Fe- I have that feeling that if he had taken it, he would have missed. So as a captain, I'm happy he did. He didn't miss. I'm just gonna take the. I'm gonna take the 13 points and be happy. Very excellent stuff, uh, fellas. We'll move on to the game week preview and captain pick section of the show. So we're going to just look at the upcoming fixtures, and I'll come to come to you, Danny, first on it. Um, what fixtures are catching your eye in Game Week 33 as being of concern or indeed appealing for fantasy managers? And um, you can also give us your Barlow and Baldwin captain picks. Okay, looking at the at this week, I'd say well, the, the one that would worry me a touch is Leicester v Newcastle. Because a lot of people seem to have gone rather big on Leicester. Vardy Mares and a defender or Kasper Schmeichel seem to be incredibly popular, particularly with anyone who's wildcarding. But I, I saw quite a lot, a bit of Newcastle at the weekend, and I mean, they're on they're on quite a run of form at the minute. They've only they've only been beaten by um, I think it's Liverpool and Man City are the only teams to have beaten them in 2018, and we're in April. So I would be concerned about them going to Leicester. They're very good defensively, and I can see a lot of people. Ended up with some frustrating blanks from their Leicester players. Uh, I could very easily see Newcastle getting something out of that game, so that would concern me greatly. In terms of, of captain picks, I mean the the most obvious and most boring one uh, it would have to be Mo Salah, simply because of how many people own him and how many people will just give him the captaincy without really thinking. So if you want to avoid any great drops, then I suppose he's probably the boring one. If you want to be a little bit frisky, well. How about Burnley going to Watford, who aren't very good? Uh, and both Burnley strikers are in absolute uh, sensational form. Uh, never mind Chris Wood, you've got the barnstormer next to him, scoring four in a row. Uh, I'd certainly be giving a, one of those a look. Chris Wood, I really like the look of. Um, he's, he's, he's really impressed me, the, the way he steps up from, uh, from Leeds in the Championship last year, where I thought he was excellent. He's, uh, he's really impressed me when he's been on the, on the pitch. And I think he could be one of those who, who ends up finishing strongly now he's, now he's fit. Because uh, I think it's four, four goals and an assist in the last three, which is pretty pretty good. I'd, I'd take that all day long. Yeah. So he'd probably be the, the frisky one for me. Lovely stuff. Yeah, not the um, Wood was um, Dale's frisky pick, actually. His, uh, his bold one last week. But um, it'd be interesting to see if he's going to stick with him to this week. Um, who are you going for, Dale, as your Barlow and Baldwin? And what's the fixtures that you're looking at in 33 that you really like the look of or you dislike? Uh, yeah, so my Barlow's got to be Aubameyang. It's, it's got to be. Uh, Southampton are in all kinds of trouble. 
Um, and Mark Hughes isn't going to do nothing. Like I've, I've said it about five times already, but it's a fraud. Um, yeah, so Aubameyang to uh, hopefully get the hat-trick this time. Um, my Barlow pick, you'll like this one, Mars, is going to be Virgil van Dijk. Uh, I fancy Liverpool <laughs> to absolutely batter Everton, keep a clean sheet, and the big man popping up from a corner with an header, top corner. We, we've been waiting for that. So there, there's my two if we picks. if we keep if we keep saying that every week, once some week we're going to be right and we exactly. can just uh, <laughs> give her, give ourselves a parade to yeah we called it in three amigos. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the fixture I, I the fixture that I actually catching my eye, but probably the opposite of uh, Danny is uh, yeah I'm Leicester v Newcastle. I think Leicester are a little. Might turn it on. Vardy wants his England place and Maris wants his big move. So I'm I'm thinking the opposite to, to Danny on that fixture and that one's really catching my eye. Great stuff. Bit of controversy. I like it. Uh, Marzi, tell us um, who is your Barlow and Baldwin and any games that are catching your eye? So, yeah, I agree with Dale. Barlow, Boomerang. Um, probably sticking with him for this game week before he leaves the VIPs. Um, Frisky will be... Or, uh, Baldwin will be uh, again I agree with Dale on the game so I think I mean what Danny said is absolutely spot on Newcastle are, are fighting for their for their place they've been hard to beat I do fancy Leicester at home even though actually when they had a couple of easy games they were they lost one and then got a late winner from the man that I would be would be my Baldwin which is Mahrez uh, but um, yeah, I'll stick with my. I've got the three Leicester boys because of their um, run, um, and Mares will be my um, Baldwin, and that game will be exciting, I think, because Newcastle are there or thereabouts. You could argue Leicester are on the beach, or do they really want Europe? But I, as Dale mentioned, and we've said it before, Vardy wants that place, that starting place in the in, in England lineup. Mares wants to, you know. Barcelona, whoever, whatever, wherever he wants to go. So I will. I see them going. Uh, pictures I like Arsenal, Southampton. I think Arsenal are going to turn it on. We said that before. I hate every single derby that is happening this week. Like, I don't like Chelsea, West Ham. I don't like Everton, Liverpool. I don't like United City. Not for if, from an FPL point of view. Everton, Liverpool. I don't like from a football point of view. Just because I hate those games. Well, I like them, but I hate them as, uh, at the same time. And uh, I'm, I'm expecting some rotation. Uh, apart from that, Bournemouth Crystal Palace. Uh, I can just see it being three three because both teams can't can't defend. Nice one, Marzi. Um Noob FBL and FBL Academica were asking about sticking with Aubameyang or going back to Salah. Um, I know a lot of people still have are basically decided weeks ago that they were just going to leave their captaincy on Mo Salah whenever he's playing, and I, I, you haven't gone wrong if you've done that all year. But um, what's your thoughts, Marzi? Should is there, a, is there an argument for going to Salah this week um, over Aubameyang? Um, with his ownership being so high, when you don't captain Salah and if Aubameyang was to blank, then it could obviously be a bit disastrous. It could be, but it's a risk you're taking. If you're chasing, then then it's it's an absolutely calculated risk to take, just like we did last week. Uh, it helped me cut big leads in my, in my mini league because everybody else went Salah. Uh, if you're not and if you're trying to hold rank, there's no no need to take risks at this stage. You know Salah will most likely deliver. 
have a good vice captain in case Salah doesn't play, but I doubt it. I think he will play some part of the game, and we've seen him come on before and score a couple. Or before he leaves, if he leaves early, he would have already done the damage. So um, yeah, it really depends on your position. Good stuff. Thanks, Mersey. Um, that's all we've got time for tonight on the Three Amigos FBL show. Thanks a million to this week's honorary amigo, Danny, who you can all follow, of course, at Danny Jameson. And keep an eye out for his videos and stuff for the official FBL channel. Um, thanks to you all for listening, sharing and liking the pod. Get following our group Twitter account at 3AmigosFBL, Mars at Mars05, Dale at Chef Dale H, and myself at FBL Marple. Thanks for listening. Booyah! Brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.